Well, hello everybody and welcome to uh, today's episode of GUcast. Uh, this is Declan Murphy, urologist here at Peter McCallum Cancer Centre uh, in Melbourne, uh, joined as ever by my co-host, uh, Dr. Renu Epen, also a urologist here at Peter Mac. Uh, good morning, Renu. Good morning, Declan. Great to be here at a much more humane time of 10am. Yes, regular listeners will know that the opening few bars of this podcast are often <laughs> dominated by us bemoaning the fact it's six o'clock in the morning in winter and we're having to talk to some pesky Europeans who uh, w- uh, insist that we get up at that hour of the morning <laughs> to chat with them but not the case today it's uh, it's 10 o'clock it's spring in melbourne lockdown is ending and uh, there's lots we're of well caffeinated r- lots of reason to be optimistic <laughs> and we're also joined by another uh, regular guest of ours another colleague um, uh, associate professor nathan lorenchuk urologist and head of unit at the royal melbourne as well as here at peter mac uh, morning nathan thanks for joining us again morning nathan morning team good to see you Great. So we have a Canadian connection today, isn't that right? Absolutely. And uh, you know, the strength between uh, of the links or ties between Australia and Canada are very strong. And uh, you know, Peter's got a great relationship with uh, internationally, but also particularly with Australia. We've had fellows go and work with Peter, and obviously a lot of us have been through Toronto and other places. So it's a pleasure to see an old friend here today. It is. It is. And we had Mike Leverage on a few weeks ago. We're yeah. indulging our love of the the Canadians. Well, they're taking over the world, aren't they? Look, you know, they've, um, you know, Mike being appointed to the uh, CUA Journal, and here we've got Peter, who's now going to be uh, Commander in Chief of the SIU Journal, which is a, uh, a wonderful achievement. Congratulations, Peter! Fantastic, and welcome to you, uh, Peter Black. Peter Black, uh, urologist and uh, from Vancouver, um, an old friend of ours, a regular visitor to Melbourne, and thank you for joining us on GU Cast today, Peter. Yeah, thank you guys for for having me. It's uh, a great pleasure to to join the. Your GU cast has become the the, the in podcast in the in the GU world. I feel like I'm on the, the Tonight Show with uh, Johnny Carson, and hey. I think we got Oprah Winfrey and uh, and maybe uh, David Letterman all together at the same time. So, happy <laughs> to be here. There you go. Which uh, one of us? Which one? Uh, you're you're clearly Oprah yeah, Winfrey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking Nathan was more like Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what do we say after that intro? But thank you for joining us. And look, there's a million reasons why it'd be great to have Peter Black join us on the podcast. There's lots of stuff we can talk about. Um, for us, uh, being mostly oncology-oriented uh, urologists, we see Peter a lot. And of course, his uh, major interests are in GU oncology. Um, but that's not really what we want to talk about uh, today, Nathan, because um, as you hinted at, uh, it's an exciting week uh, for well the world of uh, academic publishing in urology and especially for the SIU. Absolutely. So the SIU are having their virtual conference this week, and I encourage those uh, listening who haven't already registered, please do so. It, it'll be a great event. It's obviously truncated like a lot of the international meetings, but um, importantly, it's the launch this week of the SIU Journal. Um, the SIU has been affiliated with different journals over the years, but eventually, um, really under the stewardship of Laurie Klotz, I believe, uh, has decided that it's got a, enough of its own strength to bring out its own journal and its own name. Yeah, so Peter, uh, you're the inaugural editor-in-chief of the SIU Journal. So congratulations and tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, no, thank you. It's, um, you know, I think it's, a, it's an exciting opportunity to, to build this from the, from the ground up. Um, Nathan's right that, that I think Laurie Klotz provided sort of the last uh, impetus to, to get the ball rolling on, on an idea that, that had been floating around for a while. You know, we we used to, the SI used to, used to be partnered with um, the BJU, which was, I think, a very productive partnership. Uh, ultimately, these relationships cost some money, and I think the BJU just uh, was um, too valuable a journal. And so they moved on to the Gold Journal from there to the World Journal and uh, eventually thought, you know, we really need our own journal 
and, and Laurie, uh, as you know, has the experience of building the CUAJ from the ground up. And, and we used that as a model and, uh, and decided, okay, let's, let's start our own journal. Um, we have, you know, the SIU has 10,000 members, so there's a good body of support there to, to get this going. Uh, although, of course, it is a relatively crowded space uh, in, in the urologic publishing world. And so we have to find our, our own niche there. Yeah, so presumably you're not going to join all those other emails that we get every week saying, Dear respected uh, Professor Dr. Declan, uh, we kindly invite you to send us a paper, uh, blah, 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 blah. So we, we are all too familiar with the world of predatory journals. Of course, much has been written yes. about it. They have a modus operandi and they're often dovetailing with uh, predatory conferences as well. So I suppose that that's a question is how do you distinguish yourself? Not that I'm saying you're like those, but it, I, I think you do have yeah. to stand out from the crowd a little bit, don't you, Nathan? I mean, we get a lot of these Absolutely. junk all the time and no matter how many times you, you click block on, on this same publishing house, you know, they, they reinvent themselves and they pop back up again the next day. Well, you're not, you're not supposed to think of our new journal in the same context. <laughs> I'm, I'm more so by a point of difference, I hope. Yeah. Yes. No, I think, I mean, I think that, that's where it's so important that people recognize it's from the SIU. I mean, I think, uh, I think the initial impression is, oh, it's just another journal uh, in the email and, and get rid of it. But uh, it's, it's partly, you know, the promoting the journal and word of mouth. And, and then, you know, when it's published, recognizing, okay, this is a reputable journal. Uh, we certainly won't be sending around the emails uh, asking for people to submit. We, we do, for example, we're already asking people to review papers. And uh, you also, I'm sure, get a ton of requests for reviews. And it's very easy to just hit delete without recognizing what it is. Uh, so there, there's, there is a, a battle <laughs> to, be, to be waged there. Um, but we, we do intend to develop a reputable journal like, uh, like the other journals you're familiar with reading on a daily basis. So Peter, look, I've seen the previews. It looks beautiful. It's a nice looking journal. Well done for making something that's very readable. I guess looking at the with your SIU hat on, so you're gonna are you gonna be torn here between looking after a very diverse uh, a membership of the SIU and I suppose uh, in the same context um, d- developing a balanced journal that is well respected. So you know, we know the SIU has members from all around the world, be they very small countries, all the way through to, you know, well-established centres like Vancouver and Melbourne. And the, I guess there'll be a diversity of submissions. And, and, and what's your mandate, do you think, as the editor to, to achieve? What are you hoping to achieve and how do you balance that? Yeah, no, it's a good question. I think, uh, you know, we definitely want to have the international uh, flavour of the SIU uh, reflected in the journal. And, um, you know, a lot of the the research that we're used to reading comes from North America, Europe, and Australia, uh, and I guess Japan as well. And, 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 and you, want to, uh, you want to be inclusive of some of the other countries that don't publish as much, yet there's, a, there's sort of a minimum standard of quality that we have to reach. Um, so I think we, we, we will uh, definitely maintain the quality and, and won't compromise on that. Um, but we're already getting very interesting uh, manuscripts from from places that we might otherwise find unusual. We have, a, for example, a very good paper that was submitted uh, from Pakistan that will probably be one of the first um, articles uh, published in the new year. Um, and we have, a, you know, an editorial board that will reflect the international flavor uh, of the SIU. We have regional letters, which I think are very important. So we've divided 
the world more or less arbitrarily into nine regions and have designated a, an, an editor from each region who is tasked with promoting the journal in that region, um, but also promoting that region within the journal. So what can we do to uh, appeal to, you know, South Asia, East Asia, and wherever? Terrific. And um, uh, it is a very global journal. Uh, the SIU is a very global organization, Renew, isn't it? So that's was what Peter's just said very much fits with the, the, the raison d'etre of the yeah, SIU. Yeah, absolutely. And Peter, in your welcome message, you actually mentioned that you wanted the journal to really capture the spirit and, uh, and character of the SIU. And, and I think part of the uniqueness of the SIU is really that involvement of the global community and collaboration between people across you know, different parts of the world. Um, tell us, Peter, it's an open access journal, so um, I, I think you mentioned that SIU members can submit for free? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I think it's important that it's, that it's open access, um, especially with the, uh, you know, the audience that we have around the world, you know, countries that, that are, um, you know, poorer countries that don't have a lot of money to spend on, on access to journals. Um, the so we played with the idea we wanted to be open access and and i think everyone associates um open access with high publication costs which we of course wanted to avoid uh so the initial idea was just to make it free uh we then thought well what's in it for members um and so we we introduced the idea of uh members can submit for free non-members submit are basically the same as membership which is supposed to encourage them to become members mm -hmm. Uh, we have received some pushback, so that that's something that's still that we're still thinking about, and we may actually uh, end up just canceling that completely and make it um, no publication costs across the board. But we're still still thinking about that. Wow, yeah. Yeah. the so, Canadians have it right. I mean, Mike Leverage said the same. They've got you know no early publishing fees, open access, whereas the rest of the world, you know, I think we accept. Uh, I think you would, uh, Peter, that. Having open access to published articles is fundamentally a good thing. It's, it's very irritating to do a body of work and then, you know, years later people are emailing you to say, oh, I can't afford the $75 charge my local uh, that I have to pay otherwise. It, stuff should be available for free, but there are costs associated with creating high-quality publishing houses or editorial uh, teams and so on. Yeah, I think that, you know, the SIU is not looking to get rich on this. Um, the It... it was costing money to partner with a journal and the same money is being invested to creating our own journal. Uh, you know, there, there will be advertising uh, dollars at, at some point, um, but the CUAJ I think is, is the same. It's not necessarily a money maker. It's a, it's a service to uh, members. And I think that's, that's how we view it more than anything and, and, and a vehicle for, for disseminating uh, good research. Peter, do you have any uh, tips for people who are looking to submit manuscript, uh, manuscripts to the SIUJ? How do people get published and what are the sort of things you're looking for? Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's uh, any different than, than any other journal. Um, you know, just uh, good, good quality research um, from any, any specialty. You know, there's no uh, – it, it's supposed to reflect the entire spectrum of, of urology and, and uh, you know, we're very interested in anything – new and innovative. It's, it's, it's funny to look at some of the first papers that have come through, how, how well they, they fit things that you might associate with the SIU, for example, as a manuscript on trying to uh, apply um, guidelines, oncology guidelines in resource poor uh, communities, which is, you know, goes along well with the SIU mandate. 
um, or using non-sterile uh, irrigation fluids for surgical procedures. So there are actual scientific questions that uh, are, are very interesting to you know parts of the world that are otherwise underrepresented. I think I think we want to represent the underrepresented as well as you know everybody else who's usually in these journals. And you also have a special section for the SIU innovators, um, led by Amanda Chung from Australia. Yeah. So the, my uh, my my prior role at uh, the SIU was was the head of the, the innovators, which is is a term that just means the sort of early career urologists. And I think Renu, you're also uh, part of that. And Nathan was a was a central part of getting that going. Um, Nathan was the the ideas guy, <laughs> and. Uh, um, and so we wanted to, and, and the innovators actually had a role as well in the World Journal, when the World Journal was our um, our partner journal, that the uh, they would take on the role as as guest editor for an edition and put out a series of, of papers. And so we uh, have Amanda uh, leading the the innovator, the representation in the journal. Uh, we haven't necessarily figured out a concrete way of how we're gonna uh, what we're gonna do with that. Whether they'll also have um, sort of a guest editorial role. Uh, but we want the early career people involved for sure. Yeah, it's been a great team to be involved with, and I can imagine Nathan, Nathan that you you were perfect for that for that sort of role. And uh, and actually, for the upcoming SIU conference, there's a great innovators section and a live debate. So really yeah. looking forward to that. I think the innovators is a really really good thing to be part of with Peter, and uh, you know I think that'll just grow. I think the journal will actually grow in strength from that innovator background. The, um, so the, the other access you have with the SIU are, are things like the um, uh, ICUD and I know we have just uh, about to release this week also the first consultation on molecular markers in neuro-oncology. Um, how do you see the relationship? I know you're obviously publishing excerpts of that book in, in, a, in a much more readable and journal-like format. Are those sort of relationships you're going to pursue as well and any others you want to hint towards in the future, Peter? Yeah, I think the you know the ICUD um, is a nice uh, um, connection for for the journal, especially starting out. That uh, you know you and um, Yair Lotan in the U.S. and and Jack Schalken have put together this compendium of papers on biomarkers. Um, I know Renu was involved in that as well. And and uh, for a starting journal, you couldn't ask for anything better than to have this these series of articles summarizing those chapters. That we can uh, we can put into the first edition, and then it'll, it'll spill over actually into the second uh, issue as well. Um, and yeah, so the ICUD has has actually moved from a partnership with the SIU to now a partnership with um, with WOOF, the World Urology Oncology Forum. And, and again, Lori is in charge of that, as as you know, and and has taken on the mantra to now do a second one in that partnership um, on kidney cancer. And so we would hope that when the time comes, that we'd also be publishing the manuscripts from from that one. Uh, so I, I think it, it serves uh, the journal nicely. It's good for the ICD to get those papers out uh, in the peer review world. For sure. Fantastic. So Nathan, when you're sitting in the research meeting every Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. with the trainees and we're looking at projects, you know, what's going to make uh, SIU journal uh, an attractive target? We always try and pick a target as we develop yeah. a project, don't we? Think, you know, we we think, okay, what's a good audience? What's a good journal? You know, what, what, is, what is it uh, in the next few months now that's going to you know, turn around the room and say, right, Peter Black's journal, dear Professor Black. Look, I think um, Peter will face a challenge like we all do who are involved in journals that we do get bombarded with prostate cancer papers. So I think 
perhaps uh, looking at yeah. some um, some areas outside of prostate cancer. I know Peter has a, a real interest in bladder cancer, so yeah. we might better tweak yeah. his interest there. Um, you I know. think that's a really good point. <laughs> yeah. um, and Peter's strong background in bladder cancer will definitely help that area. So I think that's good. And I think safe in the knowledge that it, it will end up on PubMed soon. I think a lot of um, young authors are anxious They, you know, for two reasons. They want their name to be on PubMed and that's understandable, but they also want it to be searchable. And, you know, there's one thing to have an open access journal, but if you can't find it in the forums that we're used to, that'll take a little bit of time, but I, I'm sure that will all come. And of course, finally, an impact factor will, will happen with time. And, you know, I think with Peter at the helm, you know, it'll build up and you're in a nice position there, Peter, starting at zero. So anything above zero will be good. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, uh, I'm not Jim Cato taking over when it's 14 yeah. or 15 and having to go up. Yeah, so yeah, that, that'd be my tip that, uh, you know, for the, for the young trainees, you know, um, this journal will quickly get onto PubMed and it will have an impact factor. And as you, and one thing that people should remember, once an impact factor is granted, it backdates to the first edition. So um, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, the PubMed, I should say, as well. So I think, um, you know, uh, people will get their names out there. And look, yeah. I, I think, I know I was winding Peter up at the start, thinking, are we talking to a predatory journal here today? Um, but uh, I think, the, uh, how do we judge quality? I think, yes, number one, coming out of, a, obviously, uh, the banner of the SIU gives it huge uh, quality. Increase. But uh, second, most importantly, the, the quality of the editorial board, the people that are behind it, make you ine- immediately look at this and say, oh, well, this is, this is really good. This is very interesting. These are very talented people. Uh, and it's, uh, I think, for two reasons, um, uh, we would want to support something like this. Number one, uh, it will be very worthy and it'll be valuable for us to, to be published there if we ever get published there. Uh, and second, we do want to support um, the sort of people that Peter has put together on this editorial board and say, well, look, the people all do this for free. You know, uh, we're, we, everyone's giving up time uh, at the end of busy days to, um, you know, triage these papers, review these papers, write commentaries on these papers. And uh, we should support that sort of thing because it's very valuable across our entire practice, isn't it? That people take time to be academic, to be involved in peer review, and editing, otherwise the field doesn't move forward. So I, I feel that distancing uh, from the, the, the morass of predatory publishing is very important, but it's almost a natural thing because of the, the banner they're under, but in particular the people they put together. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, and you know, the thing about open access, I think, in time is uh, if you've got two equivalent articles, if you can easily access one, you're much more likely to cite it. And if you think you're a young, a young career um, uh, you know, academic or someone who wants to be involved, the H index is very important and that's really related to how many times your particular paper is cited. So aside from the impact factor of a journal, which is a different kettle of fish, the fact that this will be open access, I think will eventually be to a significant advantage for the SIU journal. Absolutely. I think, yeah, I mean, De- Declan said something there that I think is really important and I, and I don't know if a lot of, um, you know, young urologists think about it, but uh, the fact that um, you know, we all as reviewers and, and, you know, different editorial boards were on everything, we invest so much energy into these uh, journals. And ultimately, the benefit of that flows back to a publisher <laughs> somewhere. And in this case, it's really, you know, it's all staying within the organization, within urology, and it's all, you know, it's like this big sort of team effort with authors, publishers, uh, reviewers, uh, and there's no one at the back end who's sort of taking the profits off the top. I think that's important to recognize. Are you going to affiliate with Publons, Peter, so that when people review, they're automatically yeah. fed into Publons and things like that? Yeah. Good point. Yeah. 
that, that'll be in there for sure. Yeah. And Peter, one of the other things I think that attracts uh, authors and readers uh, uh, nowadays, of course, is uh, the additional content. It's not just uh, the, the very nice PDF that, that, that will be there. I think that's also very important. But have you plans for how to enhance content? Do you welcome video? Uh, will there be blogs? You'll be active on Twitter, I'm sure, and stuff like that. But uh, outside of that final manuscript, what, what else will the journal offer? Or encourage us? Yeah, so we're... Yeah, we're we're talking about different things. So we have we have um, I mean Renu brought up the the innovators. We have a, a great uh, social media media committee, which is happens to be sort of the equivalent the equivalent of the innovators. And I think some of them are, are potentially involved. There. I know Amanda is involved, and and Jeremy um, Tao from Hong Kong is is the lead of that. So there there will be a, a very active um, social media presence. Um, we actually talked about doing podcasts on certain things. If you can uh, imagine that idea. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and uh, the video, so Nathan actually brought up an idea for videos through the innovators years ago um, about doing surgical clips, you know, just brief things on individual steps of surgery uh, that, that trainees can, can view uh, before a case, between cases, that type of thing. And so we're looking at, at avenues for integrating that into the journal and so that people making the videos will actually get credit for it as well in, in the sense of uh, uh, a line item in their CV. Fantastic. You know, Peter, we ask a lot of our guests at the start um, whether they listen to podcasts. So do you, do you listen to podcasts yourself? Sporadically. <laughs> uh, so I don't, I don't drive. I ride my bike. It's hard to listen to a podcast on a bike. But uh, Declan can are, give you some I, tips I, on I, that. You know, that, that's, uh, that's where I listen to podcasts. And, uh, on your bike? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I pop in a little a pair of AirPods and uh, my wife, Lisa, she must care about me still because she said to me, you, you know, what do you listen to in these bloody airpods and i said well i used to listen to music um music turned down a bit but just to pass the journey on the way in on the bike you know 45 minute journey uh and then she said you should listen to podcasts at least that's a bit safer um so that's what i do i listen to podcasts and uh and really they're not loud i'm I'm very situationally i think i am but it really passes the journey and you know one of the reasons we started doing this was um uh, partly out of boredom but we podcasts are really growing in popularity and a lot of it is the commute. It's people on the train or the tram on the way in on the bus, uh, but also yeah. people in the car nowadays with the, these mirroring apps. So, you you know, it's much easier to flick on uh, your Spotify or your Apple in the car and you're not just listening to the news. So podcasting is booming because all the, you know, these newer cars have these uh, mirroring apps. Uh, and also, I, I think walking in, going for a run uh, or uh, on the bike, even, I will say to you, Peter, get not those earphones we can see on the Zoom screen today, but, you know, uh, Christmas is coming. Uh, uh, maybe you'll get a little pair of light uh, AirPods or something equivalent, and they stay in; they don't fall out. They're very good, and uh, I think uh, it's not a, it's not not too unsafe. I think to be well, on the bike trail coming in with the AirPods, listening to a, uh, a gentle podcast. <laughs> gentle well, I'll, podcast. I'll have to try it. I, uh, I, I never thought of listening to anything on the bike. So. Um, Peter, you you mentioned uh, about the challenges uh, of of bringing in a new journal into an already crowded world of urological journals. Um, do you have any plans for collaboration with other journals? Well, I don't know. It's a good question. I haven't actually thought about it. I think uh, generally I would say that um, we're not necessarily there to compete, but I sense that a lot of other journals are. So um, I'm, I'm not sure where there is room for collaboration between journals, uh, that, but that's, yeah, it's a good point I haven't really thought about. So. What, what, what did you have in mind? <laughs> oh no! Just, well, there's been there was a bit of Nathan a, here. Was, yeah, and in the last few years, um, uh, you could see there was this 
faux bromance between Procar Descupta and Jim Cato as they both took on the reins of BJOI and European Urology and uh, both are friends and uh, a similar vintage working in the UK and uh, you know at some of the big meetings EAU, AUA um, we saw that they brought in this idea that uh, the editors of BJUI, European Urology and J. Rawl uh, came together in, in a kind of a seminar mm-hmm. thing and talked about peer review and this and that the other so that was inter- I thought that was valuable yeah. you could mm-hmm. see and, and you got these three or four big editors uh, together so that was one area you could see they were uh, collaborating at least uh, face value um, and it did I, I thought that done, we could genuinely see a warmth uh, between them Sorry, sorry, didn't interrupt. We, we've done that at the SIU as mm. well, where we've had you know Jay Smith and and Procar and and, yeah. and uh, different editors come together to so some type of uh, venue. Yeah. Well, you need to make sure you get an invitation to that venue now. Mm. You're the new editor. Yes. Uh, on, yes. on I mean, the SIU is already <laughs> such a collaborative <laughs> effort, anyway. So. Think so, um, well, look, That's Peter. We, we wish you all the best with it. Uh, in in the in the podcast notes here, um, uh, we will put in links to the journal and to the Twitter feed and to your own Twitter feeds and to the SIU meeting as well uh, yes. as we post it out. And we we timed this today. We're grateful to you for coming on, but we did time it uh, to coincide with the launch uh, of your journal, which which is an exciting time, I think. And Absolutely. and we want to wish them all the best with it, Nathan. Don't Absolutely. we? Absolutely. And uh, do, yeah, don't forget the SIU meeting at October ten to eleven. Um, it'll so be that, a great that's this meeting. weekend and that's it was this weekend. free registration I think for SIU members and so that's on. right yep and uh, to follow that actually uh, we also want to mention the Asia Pacific Prostate Cancer Conference the APCC that's going to be a virtual conference October 12 to 17 uh, lots of great material full day robotics program and a very exciting new addition which is the uh, inaugural women in neurology session um, it'll be moderated by Drs. Bryony Norris and Sandra Elmer and it'll really focus on the role of women in leadership roles in neurology. Um, so if you use the code WIU for women in neurology, there'll be complimentary registration for the first 20 people who use that code. Uh, so go ahead and register for this great conference. Fantastic. Will we ever get back to real conferences? Hopefully soon, Peter, <coughs> again. It'd be nice to see you for a catch-up and a beer sometime. But in the meantime... I first can't wait for face-to-face <laughs> conferences. I agree. I think so. Well, look, my last my last trip before shutdown was to Melbourne, so oh. I'm still remind, remembering <laughs> that one. Fantastic. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you again Thank to you, Peter, Peter. Black, and we wish the SIU Journal all the best with their launch this week. Thank you and goodbye. Thank you guys so much.